It's time for Trucking Trends. Tim Ashoff, President and COO of Creek Carrier Safer Trucking with us. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Dave. Uh, great to be here. And yeah, it's hard to believe that it's it's November and our, our year is almost over. It's amazing to think we're through another year on the books here. I try to make it to the gym uh, pretty much every day if I can. And yesterday I was there and I hadn't been there for a while because uh, Jimmy Mack and I were at the um, NACV in Atlanta and then up at the NASTA convention in Nashville. So I go back and, uh, of course, now we're post-Halloween. And I was there and it was only when I was leaving that I realized, oh, wait, the Christmas trees are up. And the reason I say that is it seems like they were just up the other day. <laughs> you know, It's like, what happened to the 11 months? I have no idea. Yeah, time goes. Every year I get older, the time seems to go faster. And it's going to get worse, too. Take it from a guy who is older. So there you have it. Well, we got a lot to go into here this morning, of course. Truck tonnage was up. And, and by the way, I just kind of ran through the press release next week uh, on our regular entry on the air uh, feature. We are going to uh, walk through the operational costs of trucking report. I'm sure you've already uh, seen some of that. And um it's up uh, for 2018, a lot of counterintuitive things. Um, and then, of course, 2019 happens. But in September, truck tonnage was actually up. And, of course, the ATA puts out the four higher truck tonnage index every month. Uh, truck tonnage over September of last year went up 3.5%. It was up two-tenths of a percent from August. Those numbers are almost counterintuitive to a degree, but how is the freight market shape, shaping up for Crete and Schaefer as we're moving to and rapidly moving toward the end of the year? You know, what I would say is uh, given what we do and what we see out there, I, I call it consistent. Um, you know, last year we were in such a, a year of, of high growth, and, and to see even some growth this year over last year, um, was great to see, but what I think our the shippers have learned out there is that uh, you know they couldn't afford to do some things the way they did this year, uh, last year, this year again because of the cost that created. As as you know, what's been going on in the spot market, you know mm -hmm. how much it went up so much last year and has come back. They've had to figure out ways to smooth out um, their market. So while we're seeing you know our customers telling us, hey, we're consistent with freight, we're seeing um, you know actually we're not shrinking from last year, we're seeing some growth which is always great. They said, you know, they figured out ways to make that uh, freight, I'll call move it much more consistently, often with more contract carriers. And so um, that's what we've seen, just some real, I'll call it more of a normal market, more consistent freight. And then, of course, we've had a little bit of the tariff impact um, this year as well. Uh, I've been out to many customers in the last month or so, and I, I had customers telling me that those that would be impacted by tariffs, uh, you know, they brought a lot of that product um, you know, um, U.S. shoreside months ago, and so it's already a little bit out into the network. So to get it on the store shelves for the holiday season here, they're not going to have to move it as far. Uh, some of that was moved earlier in this year. So I think what we're seeing is a little bit more normal, smooth um, freight network here. It's interesting about the tariffs, um, how it either does or doesn't affect you, and to what degree. Uh, thankfully, it's not affecting you guys as much as others. But Don Broughton, uh, the e transportation economist, uh, was with us last week, and uh, his point is that tariffs are, are, are the big, uh, the big ticket item now uh, in terms of uh, freight. 
Yeah, and you know what's interesting is, um, you know, we talk a lot about the the China tariffs. Um, mm-hmm. But when I've talked to some of my customers, you know, what's been going on with Europe? Um, yeah. And you know, we had a little bit of tariff over there, but as much as much as tariffs over there is their economy. You know, their economy has been uh, in the doldrums for quite some time. So, uh, some of our customers that we actually haul exports to Europe to we'll haul them to the ports on the east coast uh, they're being really impacted by that um, so a little bit by the European tariffs but even more so just by the economy over there so while the US as we see keeps you know humming away from an economic standpoint um, we do see some of these uh, issues going on around the world having some impact uh, on our customers but uh, you know thankfully our, our economy remains strong here Indeed, it does. Uh, and uh, it's almost like uh, we are give, uh, being buffeted from both uh, on, on both coasts, so to speak. The exporting to Europe and the importing from the from the east. Um, it's um, almost like we need a couple of walls there, right? Uh, yeah, you know, and and you know, I, I do think um, you know, as we get through this uh, holiday season here, the the hope is is that certainly we can get some things worked out on the tariff side with the east, as you mentioned, and. And that will help again normalize, I'll call our 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 economy in that way, and boost it as well. Because I think when I talk to a lot of customers, uh, you know, the impact of the tariff isn't as much about well, what's the tariff rate and and that. It's okay. Well, what's the what's the rules to the game here? And if we don't know what the final rules are, it's hard for us to make decisions on what we should do um, business wise. So hopefully we'll get some solid rules to the game here, and and that'll open markets back up, and and business decisions will be made to invest and purchase, uh, you know, planning equipment type things that will help everybody you know i know that you guys are i don't think you guys uh deal in uh, any retail you know uh brick and mortar retail uh clothing and things like that but uh wow uh they're closing faster than you can count now so many retail outlets are, are just closing down and i overall yeah, yeah. I, I, does that does that affect trucking to any great degree? Because people are still going to buy stuff. They're just not going to buy it from the store. They're going to go online. Um, and I know that this is not, believe me, I've never shopped at Barney's, okay? I mean, that's way out of my uh, league. But they're closing down, and they're going to go online. So everybody, everybody seems to be online. But that probably would be good overall for trucking, but it's going to change the uh, parameters. Yeah, you know, you're right. The same amount of product has to move and may just move differently. Um, You know, strangely enough, the biggest impact that we have seen is not to us directly because, uh, you know, we're still hauling, as I mentioned, that you mentioned it too, the product still has to move. Uh, what we've seen it impact more, though, is um, you know, there's, there's more things going through more warehouses. Uh, mm-hmm. You need more warehouses closer closer to the customer to get the, get those items to the customer in one day or less anymore uh, in order to meet some of those commitments the online retailers are making. So what that's done is it's created demand for more warehouse workers. And we have seen places where there are shortages in warehouse workers, and that's impacted, you know, trailers getting loaded and unloaded. Uh, because as I talk to some of the customers, you know, the type of worker that may go work in the retail store, you know, just to stock shelves or work as a checker, may not want that warehouse job. And so um, there's been a, a run on warehouse workers across the country that has really impacted uh, some of our customers. 
and as uh, you know, I hadn't thought about that um, initially when you know we're we're seeing the move to e-commerce on on that impact of it. But certainly, that's what we've been seeing for the last four or five months is just uh, you know, our customers and our receivers having a difficult time finding enough labor just to man the warehouses and and get us loaded and unloaded loaded uh, in a timely fashion. Yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, with all of the automation and artificial intelligence that has creeped into every aspect of uh, our economy. Um, we still need people in the trucks. We still need people in the warehouses, I mean, you know, and now that sh- things are shifting from stores to uh, distribution centers and, the, and and those DCs and warehouses are going to get closer and closer. Um, it's it's interesting. Um and just as an aside, and and this is way off base, but but maybe not. Um, when we went up to Atlanta for the uh, NACV, the uh, North American Commercial Vehicle Show, uh, we we were there with Volvo. Uh, Jimmy Mack and and Donna Horton and I stayed in a B to B or one of those Airbnbs, and it was in a building in the uh, Midtown section of uh, Atlanta, Tim. It's the largest building in the South of, of its type. And what it was, I mean, this thing is huge. What it was was a Sears Roebuck store on the bottom two floors, which would have made it like, I don't know, maybe three Walmarts. I mean, this is how big this thing was. And then 11 floors of warehousing, and they put it in a depressed area of the city. And it became a warehouse distribution center and retail store. I think it ran until the the mid-'80s, and then it went defunct. And now it's a... Uh, an incredible uh, shopping uh, center, and they have condos and apartments upstairs, and we stay in one of those. My point is is that uh, maybe we'll see uh, more warehousing coming into where the stores used to be. Uh, does that make any sense to you? It does, and then we have seen some uh, folks look at doing that. Some of our um, some of our customers, in fact, that we've met with um, that have existing stores are converting portions of those stores to what they would call an e-commerce fulfillment center. Um, They either are looking at using uh, an upper level on it, if there's a high enough ceiling already, they've they've had some where they've put kind of a mezzanine so they can get their pickers out of the aisles, because that's one of the things we've seen now in some Mm -hmm. of these um, retailers that are also doing e-commerce um, you know, and they're picking from their stores as fulfillment. Well, now you got people going up and down the aisles as their shoppers are going up and down the aisles. So they're trying to you know, section off portions of that store to make it a fulfillment center. And so, yeah, some of them are either completely shuttering the store altogether and, and consolidating like three stores into one and then making that the fulfillment center. So we are seeing that trend, and it's all because, uh, you know, we as consumers aren't going to those stores as much. We're opting for the convenience of shopping on our on our phones. Uh, um, it's amazing how much I hear people aren't even shopping on their computer. It's on their phone. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see that trend. Wouldn't it be ironic if the service merchandise model came back, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, uh, in some ways you kind of see that uh, in some of the stores that are uh, actually the, some of the brick-and-mortar stores that are successful are almost becoming that way. 
Um, we, well, we could talk forever on, on all of this. It's, it's fascinating how, how things are changing right before our very eyes. But um, I don't know how much more we can say about the conversion to the ELD. Uh, where are you guys at Crete in the process? And how is that? What are drivers telling you about uh, the, uh, the, the move? You know, we're about 50% complete uh, in our fleet converted to ELDs. Uh, of course, we're running on the AOBRDs. You know, and we've had really minimal impact. Uh, you have some few minor, you know, technical issues because you're, um, you know, upgrading software on a, on a computer unit, and whenever you do that, you have a glitch every now and then. But overall, that's been really pretty smooth. And then from our driver impact, I've been pleasantly um, surprised, and we're seeing very minor impact you know we, we've been working for years on ensuring we're using the driver's time to the fullest uh, as you know the hours of service rules aren't changing with this conversion it's just you know how they are tracked uh, on your eld unit and you know with the high percentage of drop and hook we have and and other things we've done to use driver's time efficiently we really haven't seen a huge impact for our drivers Indeed, indeed. All right, now I'm, I'm waiting to get to a next Monday. Next Monday, of course, is Veterans Day. Uh, Creek Carrier, Schaefer Trucking, Hunt Transportation, you guys have a very special event coming up. You're going to be celebrating with the Patriot Fleet, uh, a magnificent uh, group of trucks and drivers honoring military veterans who work for the Creek Carrier Corporation. Uh, but why don't we start with the, with the fleet itself. Uh, tell us about the Patriot Fleet, and then what's cooking for uh, next week? Sure. Well, first off, I'd like to just say thank you to all of the veterans out there that have served our, our country so greatly and now are continuing to serve our country as, as you know, the great road warriors out there in the trucks um, being the lifeline of our economy. So, so thank you for continuing to do that and, and have a happy Veterans Day. You know, the Patriot Fleet really did come out of that sense of, of patriotism and us looking for a way to say thank you, you know, more than, than one day a year or a few days a year that we do as we celebrate holidays throughout the year. And so um, we were one of the first companies to uh, come up with the idea of having these specially wrapped trucks that we call our, our Patriot Fleet to honor all of those who served. You know, part of that came about, too, as we were looking at us as a company, our heritage, you know, the people that have been involved that have been veterans. Um, our chairman was a veteran. And uh, looking at 30% of our employees um, were veterans, had former military service. And we said, wow, we really need to recognize our employees and at the same time recognize others out there. So we developed our, our Patriot fleet of trucks, um, started in 2012. And each year um, we bring on five uh, new trucks and award those to five veterans um, that are our drivers that are nominated um, by other drivers here at the company and, and decided on by a committee of, of veterans on who could be awarded you know, one of those trucks then to drive um, you know, during the life of that truck here at Creek Carrier and Schaefer Trucking. Indeed, and um, I tell you what, um, it's, um, it's a really a great tribute, to, an ongoing tribute to uh, military veterans, uh, the Patriot Fleet. Um, speaking of military, uh, a lot of drivers come to trucking from military. In fact, when I 
um, went into and came out of the Army myself in the 70s, uh, just about every driver you talked to was either going in or coming out of the uh, military at that time. Uh, and a lot of drivers are coming into trucking now from a military background. What do you guys tell those drivers about uh, making that decision to go into trucking? And um, I'm, I know that military experience helps drivers to be successful. Um, but how do you? How is that uh, actually playing out in real life? It really does help them be successful, but it also is a time for them as they're just coming out of the military to reflect um, as well as on still what type of lifestyle are they looking for. You know, the military provides them a great background on certainly discipline, you know, camaraderie, because there is great camaraderie with other drivers out there, um, especially those that are veterans. We see that in our company here where we have great camaraderie amongst our Crete and Schaefer drivers, but particularly those that are that are veterans. Uh, they develop that bond. They can continue that, um, you know, sort of support of each other. Um, but it still is a lifestyle. And if some people coming out of the military think, well, I've been away from home and things for two, four, six years. Uh, now this is going to be a chance to get me um, home. Um, you got to understand still what trucking is, uh, and you know there's different fleets, different options. If you're going to be out a week at a time, two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, so first understand that. And if that is a lifestyle um, that you're able to continue and choose, then yes, the, our military veterans are, are very successful in that way because of uh, their discipline, their understanding of, of following regulations as we have in the trucking industry we've talked about many times, uh, providing good service, being reliable, being respectful, and, and most importantly, being safe. Uh, and so the, the veterans do make a great, great uh, group of drivers for us. And what we're also pleased to see is, you know, there are more women veterans now than there have been in the past. And certainly now there are also more women drivers uh, than in the past. And, and this year, too, we're recognizing that with our first uh, female driver to be awarded one of the Patriot Fleet trucks, too. So that's nice. something we're very excited about and, and very uh, happy to see take place on this coming Monday. Oh, that's uh, that is awesome! It really is, Tim. As always, so uh, so great talking with you, and uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, being part of what we do, letting us be part of what you do. I enjoy it every every month when we talk, and and thank you for all your support of all the veterans out there, and and for the trucking industry as a whole. And happy Veterans Day to everybody. Oh, let me just leave you with some numbers, okay? Um, Two million one hundred thousand square feet. That is the size of that Sears building at the Ponce Center up in Atlanta. Isn't that something? It's on 16 wow. acres. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. There's, most warehouses aren't even close to that big. So I that know, is, is man. It's just absolutely it's a stunning place. Uh, built right in the heart of a depressed area so that people there would have jobs and a place to shop. And uh, I'm just kind of seeing that 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 might be a precursor to uh, what cityscapes are going to start looking like, maybe. Well, let's hope we're talking about that together 10 years from now and seeing what's happened. Huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim. Tim Ashoff, everybody. And that's going to wrap up uh, this edition of Trucking Trends.